Homestyle Green, episode number 45. Can you afford a home? G'day and welcome back to episode number 45 of Homestyle Green. I'm the host of the show, Matthew Cutler-Welsh, and you are someone who is interested in creating a good home for you and your family and also for the planet. Now, I have just got off a Skype interview with Sarah Beer, who is co-author of a new book called Homes People Can Afford. And she has co-authored this book with Professor Philippa Howden Chapman, who I've got a lot of respect for. They are both um, members of the Hikayanga Oranga Group, which is the Housing and Health Research Program at the University of Otago in Wellington. The book that they have written is being launched next Tuesday, 20th of August. And I wanted to push this interview out pretty quickly because obviously that's only coming up in a week. And if you are around in Auckland, then you definitely want to head along and check out their um, launch event that they're having next week at the National Library. But if you're listening to this in the future, then you will be able to get a copy of the book and have a read. And also check out some of the great research that the Housing and Health Research Program put out. A lot of Philippa Howden Chapman's work has really shaped some of the policies for particularly the retrofit uh, industry in New Zealand and getting houses up to standard. Well, really what some of their research has done is highlight just the poor standard that a lot of our houses are in. So um, looking forward to getting a copy of this book and having a, a read through. It's such a big topic. And I mentioned to Sarah during the interview that it's not just a big topic here in New Zealand right now. I'm getting a lot of stories and news items on my Google Reader at the moment for, sorry, not Google Reader, it doesn't exist anymore. Google Alerts. I have a Google Alert for housing affordability or affordable housing. And each day it's flooded with stories from around the world. Housing affordability is going to be a big election issue here in New Zealand uh, this election round, but it's a big issue internationally. Everywhere seems to be having very similar problems. So this is going to be an interesting book, and it looks at the question of what the purpose of a house is and what affordability actually means, and that's an interesting topic because I think the question of what affordability actually means is often... Well, it's misunderstood, and it, I think people have different interpretations of it. In other news, I've had some great questions come through. I've got one question outstanding, I know, from Jeff. Thanks for your patience. He asks, what's better, Homestar or Passive House? I'm not going to answer that right now. We will leave that for a future episode, but looking forward to getting stuck, in that, stuck into that. And if you've got an answer to that, if you've got your thoughts, I'd be really keen to find out. So head on over to homestylegreen.com or check out uh, the Facebook page and you can leave a comment there, your answer to the question, what is better, Homestar or Passive House? Uh, I've got or, a bunch of questions from John as well. He's interested in how to address heat loss at the corners of his design and his house. Uh, and this is an interesting issue which we will spend some time covering in the future. And similar to that, interested in a solution for reducing the heat loss and thermal bridging at studs on his external wall and also 
around the area of the Duangs and the Nogs. And he also wonders whether you need to have 2.4 metre high doors, so a door that goes the full length right up to the ceiling, in order to have the best heat flow through the home. So I want to jump straight into the interview and we will, there's some of the questions we've got, but if you have a uh, answer or some thoughts about those, I'd love to hear them, do head on over to facebook.com slash homestylegreen or homestylegreen.com and love to get your comments and thoughts there. Here is my interview with Sarah. Today I am talking with Sarah Beer, who is from Hikaunga Oranga at the University of Otago. Thanks for joining us, Sarah. Thank you. It's um, good to come and talk about some of the things we've got going on there. And I do really appreciate your time today because I know that you've uh, been a bit unwell uh, with a cold today, which is kind of topical because we're talking about um, people <laughs> in homes and and I and, and I know that a lot of your research that you do there is about health uh, and and people being healthy inside their homes. So hopefully your house hasn't affected you too much. No, it was, um, we've got it warm tonight. So good, good. Yeah. So Sarah, tell us a bit about yourself and your what your current passion is. Um. Well, I'm a research fellow with Hikona Oranga, the Housing and Health Research Team at the University of Otago. <clears throat> I've been there on and off for about 10 years, um, and during that time, my main area of work has been in the area of the private rental sector and housing quality and health. And I guess the whole of our research team is, we're all from different sort of backgrounds as um, economists and epidemiologists, but we're united by an interest in the relationship between housing and health, and also um, an inequality in health as well. So, um, right. yeah. So the the health, um, the physiological health issues, but also the social uh, and economic issues. Yes. Yeah. Um, I guess we're we're really interested in the idea that um, just because you're in a low income, you shouldn't have to live in a poor quality house. Mm-hmm. Um, for a house with insecure tenure, so having to move around a lot, um, or have to pay a large proportion of your income on rent. Um, sure. yeah. Why do you do what you do? Uh, was there something that inspired you or a specific moment or a combination of events that led you to doing what you're doing now? Um, I think I've always had an interest in inequalities and unfairness in society. Um, I grew up in a small town where Perhaps those um, inequalities can be more apparent, I think, because you know more about people's lives. Um, and I was drawn to Philippa's group because of the really practical application of the research she does. Um, and I've, yeah, I've stuck with it. Housing has a real, um, it's a academic as well as a personal interest, I think. So, yeah. Right. From your point of view, and your extensive experience in the field, what do you see as the purpose of a house and what makes a good home? Um, I think there's two aspects to the purpose of a house. Firstly, um, it's there to provide shelter from the external environment, so to keep you warm and dry and safe, um, to make sure to ensure that your family can um, come home and be 
and not be afraid of becoming sick or unwell. Um, but I think once those aspects are met, there's also that kind of psychological um, side of, how, of, of housing. So the purpose of the house is also to provide you um, kind of shelter from the world. So you can have a place to be yourself, to um, just have mem- create memory. Um, I really like a quote from Gaston Bachelard where um, the purpose of a house is to shelter um, provides shelter for daydreaming that protects the dreamer and allows one to dream in peace, which I think is a nice, nice. idea. Yeah, so that once you've um, achieved those important physical aspects, you've also got a place kind of to have as your own. Yeah, that's a really nice way of thinking about it. And I think we we quite often, I certainly don't often think about that. I think about the the, the physical material aspects of sheltering from the elements. And and I guess the other one is the economic side of of housing, but we quite often don't think about that that place of security and and like I say, dreaming. Uh, it, it is important. A lot of people do have a lot of dreams tied up in their own home. Mm. How do you think? I mean, the third part of that equation is the economics. How do you think that impacts the the state of of housing and how people use houses to make money? Um, yeah, I mean, housing has become more than, than just creating a home. It's become a, a way of people, um, building for their retirement or, um, making money. So I think that has become a bit of a concern where it means that, um, perhaps first home buyers have been pushed out of the market because of the regulatory or um, financial incentives and in, um, investing in housing. Um, we don't mm-hmm. have a capital gains tax, which means that um, it is an attractive area to invest in. So, yeah. yeah. What's the single biggest issue for housing in New Zealand right now? I, I think it's definitely the, the, the lack of supply of good quality affordable housing. Um, Right. At the moment, the um, the average house costs about five times the median income, and in the 1990s, it was about three times the median income. So, our house prices have gone up a lot, and it's meant that people are having to compromise on quality or having to um, live in houses that aren't suitable, so there might not be enough room for their their family. Um, and I think that's a huge issue that we have to face in New Zealand, and um, going to be difficult to come up with solutions but I think that's the biggest issue um, in terms of housing quality our, our housing standards date back to 1937 and yeah. we haven't ever really properly reviewed those or looked at um, why our housing um, is such in such um, a dismal state of repair well except of course for the, the work that you and Philippa Howden Chapman and uh, other colleagues have done uh, quite you've probably done the most research out of anyone in New Zealand on the health impacts of the quality of our houses which uh, I, I think has been very influential in in shaping policy in this country and some of the programs that are still uh, up and running today so let's talk about your your current project which is uh, going to be launched next week homes people can afford um can you tell us why have you written this book and who have you written it for 
Um, we wrote the book as a result of a workshop we had last year in June where I guess we've become really aware of some of the affordability issues and the lack of supply of good quality housing. And we're also aware of other people within the housing sector um, sharing that concern. So we decided to bring together um, people from the area and provide a space for people to debate and discuss the issues. Um, so we had architects, um, members of leaders, community leaders, um, government, researchers, economists, all sorts of different people who share an interest in this issue. Um, and it was a really great day. It was intended to um, create debate and discussion, which is what happened. Um, and as, as a result, we decided to put something out from it. So this book is a result of that workshop and those concerns. Um, we asked speakers from the day to write chapters, and we also invited other people um, in the housing area to, to contribute to the book. So that was um, where it has come from. So do you have uh, contributions from landlords and, and investors in there as well? Um, no, we don't. Um, we have um, um, contributions from um, historians, economists. I guess the idea was to look at the housing situation as it is today, a little bit of the history as to why we got here, and then to um, look at where we need to go and possible solutions to right. um, the issues. Yeah. Yep. So who who should read the book and who are you hoping reads the book? Ideally, um, the, the leaders of our country would sit down and read our book. Right. Um, but it's really intended for anyone who's interested in the issue of affordable housing. I suspect it'll be of interest to, um, you know, people working in the area. Yeah. Um, the sorts of people who came along to our workshop as well as I think the, the wider public because affordability is really affecting, um, so many people. It's, it's a big issue. It's a huge issue. It was all over the news today and it's been that way for a while and it's certainly shaping up to be an election issue. And I, I, one of the things I find really interesting is that it's not just a New Zealand issue. It seems to be an international issue right now and yeah. becoming more and more common in other societies um, where housing affordability just come, keeps coming up. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we're not alone. <laughs> yeah, definitely. What, what does housing affordability actually mean? Um, well, there's a number that's always um, brought out that it's not paying more than 25 to 30% of your income on um, housing costs, but you also, there's a lot more to it. If your house is way out in, um, in um, bar from where you work or from where you go to school, you're going to have high transport costs, so we need to think about that. Um, also, the quality of the house is going to be ongoing cost to society if um, we have poor quality housing um, in terms of preventable hospitalisations or poor performance in school and productivity. But also increasingly, we need to think about the building materials we're using um, and the long-term cost to society and the way that we're, um, where we're building our housing and the relationship it has with our existing community. Um, yeah, so I think sustainability is also part of that equation. So when the term housing affordability is used in the news, as it was today, and in the mainstream media, do you think they are using that definition? I, I don't think so at the moment. I don't think sustainability, that word, is, is used very often anymore. Um, I don't think that they're, they're looking at, at those wider issues, no. 
Yeah. How important is it that people actually own their own home? I think it's a, quite a difficult question because it's kind of an ideal situation and then there's the reality. Ideally, it wouldn't matter at all whether you're renting um, from a private landlord or from a social landlord or if you own your own home. Um, <clears throat> but I think the way that our system is set up at the moment, it does matter. Um, there is some research that suggests that there are health benefits to owning your own home. Mm-hmm. We don't know why that is. Um, there's been some re- research done which shows that people who own their own home had um, lower rates of win- excess winter mortality. Right. But we don't know if it's because of the quality of the housing or the location. Or um, And I think, ideally, we could make rental housing as good as owner-occupied housing. Um, there's a chapter in the book written by Ben Schrader, and one he's a historian. One of his um, tenants he spoke to had the opportunity to um, buy their, their state house in the 1960s, but felt that doing so wouldn't make the house any more their own. Obviously, things have changed a lot since then, but there's no reason why why rental housing couldn't be a safe and secure and good quality affordable option. And increasingly, it is a, a place where we are living. So we need to look at how we can can improve the quality of rental housing and make it a more secure tenure. Um, at the moment, I think the the rate of residential mobility in New Zealand is really high. We move, I think, on average every 15 months and half of tenancies end before 10 months, which is a huge amount of moving um, for families, especially with kids having to change schools or... Um, yeah, so I think Fif- fifteen months is that across the board, or is that just that's just the rental uh, people who are renting? Just people who are renting, so. right? And so compared to the the whole average, which the the number often used is seven years, is that still mm-hmm. accurate? Yeah, so um, I think the last figure I saw was five years for homeowners. Right. Um, so yeah, I mean we move, we've moved more than. Um, than people in a lot of other countries. So. But 15 months versus five years, that's quite a big difference, a big gap between people who own their own home and, and who rent. Yeah, and I think that relates back to your question about the purpose of a home and whether you can, if you're by choice or um, often it's not by choice, having to move that often, and whether you can create a home in that environment. So. Mm, mm. So but ideally, that, we'd be we'd be doing something about that to make rental housing a better option. It's interesting going back to your previous point, though, that the focus should be on improving the quality of homes in general and across the board, mm-hmm. rather than focusing on the metric of home ownership rates. Because if the houses were of good quality, then whether whether or not people own, uh, in theory, would be less important. Yeah, I think that's the issue. We focus so much on home ownership, and you can see that some of the reasons why, and it's because of the way things are set up at the moment. But yeah, if we could make private rental housing a good, if you could find a good quality private rental house and know that you could stay there for a reasonable amount mm. of time, it could, it could, it could be a good option. Yeah. What do you see as the biggest opportunities in the housing sector right now? 
you've probably just mentioned one, the, the provision yeah. of good quality rental property. Would yeah, that, that's that... Um, my, my biggest um, interest. But I think the, um, the problems that um, we're facing with affordability and quality and security of tenure provide a lot of opportunities. So I think there's some really exciting initiatives um, that are going to come out of this issue. Um, I don't think that we can leave the community um, sector or private industry to, to solve the issue alone. I think government has to play a bigger part um, in doing that. But I also think there are some um, really interesting ideas coming out about how we can build more sustainable um more sustainable housing options that are also good quality and affordable. Um, the last chapter in our book is written by the Living Art Trust, which I think is probably one of the most exciting chapters in the, the book. And it, um, it looks at how we can use subsidised um, land by, by intensifying how many houses we build on our land and also designing sustainable housing that can withstand earthquake um, that can be built at um, half the cost of, of um, the usual cost for a house of that size. So I think there are, I think there are, yeah, really interesting, um, innovative things coming out of this problem that we're facing. That was the the Living Art Trust. Living Art Trust. Living yeah. Art Trust. I'll put a link uh, to that so people can find it. Yeah. Now, obviously, um, your book will be out next week and people can grab a copy. In fact, they can pre-order a copy of it, can't they? Yeah, they can. Um, if they go to our um, website, which I can pass on a link to that. Yep. Um, we will certainly put a, a link up to that. I, I've got a, a link here on the Sustainable Cities um, yep. website. Yep. Um. Do you have any aside from or your book, which everyone should go and read um, yeah. next week? Do you well, have I any other? Come along to the um, book launch. Too, yes. Which... Yeah. Do you want to talk about that? So that's um, on August the twentieth at six o'clock at the National Library, um, and just RSVP. I think you have that on your your website. Yep. Yep. Um, I'll put a, and we've put it up on the Facebook um, note as well. So yeah, that's uh, it's fairly short notice next Tuesday. But um, if people are in, in Wellington next week and are interested, then certainly uh, head along to that. It should be great um, to meet you and and um, Professor um, Philippa Howden Chapman and the rest of her colleagues as well. Uh, some should be a good lineup of people there. Yeah. Do you have any other book recommendations or things that have inspired you or um, recommendations of people who p- might be interested in your book and, and other resources they might be also interested in? Um, I, I should probably mention the title of that um, book that I got the quote from, which is um, The Poetics of Space with Gaston Bachelard. Yep. Um, which is, it's, it's a nice book to read. It's, um, can be, it's a little bit dense, but it has some nice, nice parts to it. Um, but otherwise, I don't have any. Um, recommendations at the moment okay and how can people other than next week how can people connect with you and and the work that your team is continuing with um having a look at our website would be a good start um i can send on a link to that um for you the housing and health research yep um in my email address too if you'd like 
Right. We well, often have um, seminars and things that people could come along to. Yeah, and um, there is a lot of interesting work going on in that space right now, and I know that you guys have uh, also interested in, in the Warren of Fitness research and, and like I mentioned at the start, the uh, health, lots of papers that the team have published, and a lot of that is freely available for people to uh, download and read as well, so some great resources there. Yeah. Hey, uh, thank you very much for your time, Sarah. I really appreciate it tonight, and... I hope you have a great turnout for uh, next week and, and then that leads to lots of interest in, in what I think is going to be a really important book for New Zealand now and in the next few years. Yeah, we hope so. Thanks very much, Matthew. It's good to talk to you. Great. Thank you very much to Sarah Beer for her time this evening. She was uh, she emailed me earlier today to say that she was wanting to postpone because she had a, a cold, but she struggled through and I uh, really appreciate that because it is only a week before that launch event and you can find information about the launch of their book on the Sustainable Cities website, which is sustainablecities.org.nz. And you need to RSVP if you're interested in heading along to that. That's next week, Tuesday, the 20th of August in the evening. Uh, 6 p.m. at the National Library on Molesworth Street in Wellington. will be a great event, and uh, I unfortunately won't be able to make it down there, but I would certainly like to if I could. A couple of links that Sarah mentioned in her interview. First of all, that great quote in there from Gaston Bachelard, who I hadn't heard of, so thank you to Sarah for introducing me to his great work. And I'll put a link to that in the show notes. And you can actually pick up a copy of his um, some of his works, The Poetics of Space, uh, from Amazon. And, I'll, and the, if, you, if you look for Gaston Bachelard on, uh, just in Google, you'll find, out, uh, find a whole bunch of his other quotes. He gets quoted quite uh, often, it, it would seem. But I really like that concept of a home being somewhere for dreams. And I actually have talked about that with some builders recently, not in some such quite eloquent words, though. A couple of things that I took from that interview. Firstly, uh, was was that quote, uh, which I thought was very fitting. Secondly, 1947 standards for New Zealand – that is really uh, sums up kind of the state of affairs at the moment, the fact that we're building houses to a standard that has been, it's been tweaked, it's been improved um, marginally, but really we do need to seriously think about what we are using as a benchmark in this country and how far we might need to shift those goalposts in terms of quality of housing. And finally, the issue around the what what affordability actually means and this concept of 25 to 30% of income but the fact that we there are all these other add-ons like health and transport costs and operating costs and this all leads to the fact that we really should be focusing on quality of the houses and not just the uh, upfront cost and and the availability of well, and leading to the ownership um, issue as opposed to just stable long-term rentals, that the, the focus there really should be on quality. So I'd be interested in your thoughts on that interview. Uh, what did you take out of it? And um, 
next week or after this interview if you've grabbed a copy of the book i'd be really keen to get your thoughts on that as well Stick around in the next couple of weeks hoping to get to those questions. And if you do have any other questions or answers to those questions, then we'd love to hear from you, homestylegreen.com, or you can head over to our Facebook page, which is facebook.com slash homestylegreen. And if you enjoy this podcast or if you get something out of it, I would love a couple of minutes of your time to head over to iTunes jump in there and give the show a rating and also leave a bit of a comment because that really helps me um, with a uh, very unpaid service at the moment. It's all very free and I would really appreciate uh, support in in uh, form of a little rating there. And it also helps spread the word and, and grow our audience and grow our network as well so that we can help learn from others who are facing similar challenges and similar exciting building opportunities. My name is Matthew Cutler-Welsh. It's been a pleasure again this week. Please uh, do tune in again next week to Homestyle Green.